Weekly Pop. My name is Emma Sasek, and I'm a reporter with the Desert Sun in Palm Springs. And I'm Kevin Schwaller, a digital producer at Spectrum News in Milwaukee. I almost also just missed up my title. I think I almost <laughs> said a, I almost said a news producer. I don't know what I was going to say, but I was what, like, "What job do we have this week?" <laughs> I don't know, really. I was like, I, I had to stop myself. I was like, "Oh right." <laughs> And I'm a catering person with this company. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's because our brains have melted from the illnesses slash awful vibes that we both endured last week. But at least we're, you know, maybe getting some brain cells back. Although I hear if you lose them, they don't come back. So we could just be on a losing streak. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't care. Also, Whatever. by the way, I don't think we said the title. Welcome back to Weekly Pop. <laughs> right. Right. Hello. <laughs> Well, on top of us being occasionally sick, occasionally exhausted. Always both, brain dead. <laughs> right, right. All of the above. Um, we've been pretty busy. The summer has been like kicking out blockbusters left and right. So we've been just living at the movies. We come to this place for magic. Yes, we do. I was walking by the marquee the other day and it was full. Like mm. Spider-Man, Indiana Jones, Joyride, Past Lives. Club, another club, another club <laughs> no sleep and I literally was just like holy shit where did all these movies come from the movies are back and better than ever baby yeah. <laughs> uh, we're laughing we're crying we're caring because we need that all of us <laughs> that indescribable feeling when the lights begin to dim and we just happen to go somewhere we've never been before <laughs> uh when my a-list comes back next month it's over for all of you <laughs> oh god <laughs> i know uh oh speaking oh i guess we'll get to that way later because i was gonna start complaining about something but yes yeah so we've been pretty booked and busy seeing a bunch of movies it's literally has just been week after week of just at least two movies if not more sometimes that we want to see coming out and we're like mm-hmm. oh shit <laughs> mm-hmm. june was a very good month since we had asteroid city we had no hard feelings past lives came out and then july it's already just the second week of july and i feel like every week it's like oh shit we gotta go watch this oh fuck now this one's coming out yeah and so we have been doing it and that's what we wanted to base this episode on kind of like a like a midsummer check-in <laughs> love that for us as many people know slash probably don't know since they don't know who we are <laughs> Kevin and I both love horror. We've probably mentioned that before on the podcast, but among the horror series that we will always be tuning into, it is the Insidious movies, which, um, you know, I don't remember if I ever saw the first one. However, I do recall seeing the second one when I was in college before I knew you. And I I remember being very uncomfortable in my room (laughs) watching it. Yeah, uh, the first one I remember I saw in theaters, I think with my dad, I think he took me. Good. Um, And that's the whole horror series was created by Leigh Wannell and James Wan. I believe they both did the Conjuring series. Their names sound familiar to me, well, especially James, James Wan, obviously. Wan. That was back in 2010. And then chapter two was 2013. Mm-hmm. Chapter three, 2015. The last, the last key, I, I even forgot existed, uh, was a couple years ago, I think 2018. And they're wrapping up with this one, I believe, hopefully. Um, The Red Door, 2023. (laughs) Yes, uh, this one, I guess we'll get into our thoughts in just a few moments. However, uh, this one is the Lamberts, uh, this family that's at the core of these stories. They have to go deeper into the further, which is a really fucked up place where literally every awful demon you could ever possibly think of is there. Uh, we don't they, we don't come to this place for magic no we don't uh, he and his son are tasked with basically shutting the red door once and for all and stopping these terrorists from invading <laughs> a school and people's dreams and just good old like painting sessions yes it kind of picks up directly from the second movie i would say it does a little yes. time jump because i think well i know the main son he is the same actor from no yeah the two the two brothers are the same actors from the first two movies they obviously star patrick wilson our mom rose byrne ty simpkins plays the lead son dalton who was the uh at the center of all of it uh 13 years ago when he just stumbled upon demons (laughs) in the house they moved into and the family is um i think i guess for the last nine years just chilling right (laughs) yes because uh At the beginning of this film, we see Josh and Dalton undergoing a hypnosis treatment to basically forget about the further 
And to just know that Dalton was in a coma and he woke up and that's kind of it. And I'm happy they did that because I did not rewatch any of these movies prior. No, I didn't either. <laughs> I was so happy with they did that. And actually, I think the second one might be my actual favorite of all of these. So I have, it actually made me want to go back and watch it because that's where that one's from. That yes. clip with the beginning was from. That's what I thought because I was like, oh, I know I've definitely seen this. Couldn't tell you what happened in three or one, but I saw this. <laughs> and they kind of were, you know, there was that mysterious man at a funeral for somebody in there. I don't know if we want to, I don't think it matters too much, but somebody in the family dies and there's a random man that was there. And I was like, I'm sorry, I have not seen any of these movies in so long. You please, please spell this out for me. I desperately need this to be spelled out for me because I'm not going to go back and watch. Luckily <laughs> they did, but I was just yes. like, hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> right. We just saw this man at the beginning of the film. Great. Love when they put two and two together for us lazy viewers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh and Rose Byrne's character, Renee, they were the married couple at the center of all of it back in the first two movies as well. They have since divorced because of several, several reasons. <laughs> and so they're all, it's a very strained family dynamic right now, but Dalton's about to go off to college. So he's been living with Renee as we all would choose to live with Rose Byrne. If Always. we had the choice. Thank you. Yes. And Renee suggests that Patrick Wilson's Josh uh, takes Dalton to college instead of her because they can have some father-son bonding time and just, you know, one final attempt at repairing a very terrible relationship between a father and son. And Renee is literally like, I am not driving 16 hours to get to the school so you can go and actually bond with your son. Thank you. Especially because she knows some demonic shit's going to start happening. I'm not putting myself in this situation. Nope. And thank God she didn't. Yes. Except also, this movie needed more Rose Byrne. I knew from the trailer. Yes. Couldn't you tell? Like, just mm -hmm. from, you could you, you could tell she was not going to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. She truly just was like, I will be in this movie for two scenes and two scenes only. And they said, bet. <laughs> really they did and I, I think she's top building it too which is so funny to me Actually, she I love got that the, yeah she got the and rose burn oh yeah treatment Again, in the credits any movie that rose burn does she should get the and rose burn treatment <laughs> absolutely josh and dalton go on this trip to his college they're not really talking in the car once they get on campus dalton <laughs> looks like a honestly like a school shooter dalton is not excited for anything he doesn't want to meet anyone honestly wet blanket of the year right there um he, there is a bit of a roommate mix-up where his roommate chris is played by a very funny woman <laughs> played by sinclair daniel uh and honestly i feel bad for her since uh she does not know what kind of train wreck she's about to stumble upon <laughs> And also, I'm sorry, what college would even get that mixed up in the first know. place? Like, that is so dumb. There could have been, yeah, whatever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But yes, uh, Josh and Dalton get into a big fight. Josh storms off. And then pretty much all shit breaks loose for Dalton. Happy freshman year. If you guys remember, which we barely do, in the first two movies, Dalton ventures into the further, like we talked about, and... He is greeted by this ominous red door, and again, inside there's a lot of shit we don't want to see. And he suddenly is getting kind of visions of it while he's in his art class because he doesn't remember what happened. Because, like we talked about, he kind of went into this hypnosis, and him and his father both forgot this ever happened. They thought that that would be the best thing to do. Honestly, I agree. I it don't... is. <laughs> I, I get that this is overall like a metaphor of like embracing your traumas and your history and all that. And I'm like, no, suppress that. Conceal, don't feel. I do not want to remember seeing a red demon looking at me at all times. And the character Chris does not want to see these demons. No one wants to see the demons. And they kind of just, it was like, they hit it on the nose with how kind of in your face of this like messaging was to, like I said, just like, don't suppress your your memories and your feelings and I'm like yeah I get it but like go to therapy spell pharaoh like <laughs> dude touch, touch the ground or something right go outside touch grass weird shit keeps happening more and more Josh is trying to figure out what's going on in his own head and why he's been so distant from his family here enter Roseburn in her second and final scene where she's like yeah we hypnotized you guys because you did a lot of sh crazy shit back in the day you don't remember this, but you actually tried to kill all of us. And so that's why we, among many other things, got divorced and also did that. So you can be mad at me all you want, but... 
and he was getting so mad at her he was just like why didn't you tell me and she was like do you want to know that you almost killed your children right and then he's like but that wasn't me she was like it doesn't matter it was your face attempting to murder these children they're going to remember your face (laughs) uh dumbass (laughs) Uh, i will say overall aside from one jump scare toward the beginning of the film i really was not scared whatsoever watching this film no and they kept doing like they kept going into the further like every other scene it was one of them like going into their astral projection and going in there and I was just like I was getting bored by it I was like come on I was too I remember I checked my phone and I was like okay there's like half an hour left but also that's when it got good so I was like this sucks Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't scary no I wonder if it was because Patrick Wilson directed it this time and it's his first directorial debut so you know maybe more on the tame side which okay but I don't know. I just feel like if you have, like, you were in these movies, you were the star of these films. Well, you should and know. he's worked with these creators on The Conjuring, too. So, yes. But again, I think it was probably more about, like, family coming together and not repressing or, you know, stuff like that right. and mixing right. in. But I remember texting him, like, this ominous music started the second that I know. the movie started. So it's like, oh, you're in for a, a treat. But really, it's not scary. <laughs> no, not at all. Truly, there was just one jump scare where I think somebody was sitting down and the demon pops up. And then I think Patrick Wilson's character, like, wakes up from a dream. And that was the one oh. time where I literally, like, jumped in my seat. Yeah, I think that was when he was getting his head scanned, right? Actually, it was before that. But that was oh. also a very creepy scene, too. <laughs> well, see... <laughs> yeah i guess these movies don't really because they follow the same formula of just like a really extended creepy music build up and then complete silence and then the jump so you're mm-hmm. kind of expecting it and sure you'll jump a little bit but you're not like <laughs> uh-huh. a little i guess backtracking with chapter three and i guess chapter four those were kind of like sub stories in this overall insidious universe that i don't think really connected besides with Lynn Shay's character, Elise, who is the queen of astral projecting and the queen of the further. She's, I think, the only constant in these and her two little sidekicks, you know, that made little mm-hmm. cameos in this too. But I think four was some kind of prequel at some point. I remember they tried to mix it in with the family at the very end. I, it was all, again, it's not it's not coming back. It's not coming <laughs> back to me now. Um, so those were really just side stories that didn't, like I said, one, two, and then five were the overall main films in this franchise so you don't have to watch those other two if you don't want to and you haven't but yeah this was just kind of a it was i'm overall i'm happy that it they wrapped it up because then Sidious like those three and four did just kind of go haywire and a lot of people did not like them at all oh okay uh i remember i like three a little bit but whatever but that's your little secret (laughs) (laughs) for now until this episode (laughs) comes out um but yeah i mean i'm happy that they got them all back together for one final movie and they didn't just let this franchise kind of like die and melt and crash into flames and all that Mm -hmm. I would say the most concerning thing about this film was how bad this university's electricity system is because literally every scene where it's set in the kids dorm room is them not being able to turn on the lights the electricity falling apart and I'm like who is not paying the supplier (laughs) and also no dorm room is that dark like I they're know. like I can't see you and I'm like yes you can he's right behind you sister <laughs> there is like moonlight and also street lamps from outside of the dorm room very clearly coming in those aren't blackening shades you know what I mean oh remember the ones we had in Waterson? those are oh, good yeah those were great yeah mm, they didn't have those <laughs> I guess my kind of complaint was that you know the scary red demon guy that was orchestrating all of it I wish we got to know more about him yeah, there was barely anything with him in this one. It would just be him popping up and being like, eh, and yeah. then that would be it. And again, if something did happen in three and four where they do explain this, this guy, I don't remember. But if, <laughs> to my knowledge, they don't really talk about him that much. But so I'm sitting there, I'm like, why is he plaguing the specific family? Yes. And then they also had the frat guy who died who just threw up all over Dalton. <laughs> um, and then they had Josh's dad show up as a demon. And but it was like they were just used for those scary jumps. And then that was kind of it. I get like, you know, they have the connections to these people in these in this astral world. Like that's all, you know, sure, whatever. They mm-hmm. they provide for exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. But why has this demon 
been so pressed about this family for the last 13 years. We didn't get any answer to that. And that's what I thought we were going to get. Because not one person in this movie asked, who is that guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, apparently, um, Josh's dad also could do this. And maybe the demon was haunting him, too. Why? (laughs) I just don't get it. Who is a scary lady in, like, the woman in black gown? Because she was in the first two movies, too. I, I know she was in the first one. But I'm like, what does she have to... Why are they all so pressed? <laughs> just just give me a movie that's just in the further. I don't need I don't need the Lamberts. Just let me see what the demons are up to. Well, I mean, I do want Rose Byrne. See, the thing is, okay. if I was a demon in the further, I would want to stalk Rose Byrne. Not Patrick mm-hmm. Wilson, and especially not the school shooter Dalton. Also, LOL, Chris just constantly hanging out with this kid i'm like oh so you are more mentally unstable than this child is yeah he just needs like a couple years of therapy she is just off her rocker (laughs) (laughs) uh but nonetheless like i said i'm happy to kind of wrap this up with a bow i know there was a post-credit scene where like the light flickers i don't i don't I, i think they're probably done but i guess we'll never know because as we know horror movies are usually box office successes and this has already made over 64.1 million dollars against an 18 million dollar budget wow so that's, that's now triple great wow that's mm-hmm. good for them yeah i mean i i doubt we'll see rose Byrne again because she probably didn't even want to do this one but no. <laughs> horror movies to go in the summer mm-hmm. well love that for them um I walked out the second the movie ended because I was really cold in the theater, so I did not see any post-credit scenes. Weirdly enough, I was also very cold. Hmm. And I left the second it ended, too. Hmm. <laughs> but actually, every movie we talk about in this podcast, when I'm thinking about it, I did walk out the second it ended. Overall, I gave this movie a 2 out of 5 just because I wasn't really scared. I was kind of getting really tired of like the same scenes happening every other scene um and yeah I just do I can't support a university whose electricity keeps going out every time (laughs) I gave it a three but I would easily go to like a two and a half over Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. I did yeah I don't know I I I I appreciated the storyline route over like the traditional jump scare but it's the insidious world so you expect it right. to be actually terrifying with full of jump scares yeah and, i mean yeah I they, still just rem- they just weren't landing i still remember how i feel after i watched the second one and how uncomfortable that was so i was hoping that more of this would be like that since it basically follows right after the second one but but alas yeah and if they make another one i'll go see it but i'm hoping they just cool it down for yes for a little bit because I, I i don't really see where they could go with it they pretty much wrapped everything up yeah Another movie that came out this past weekend that we both got to see is Joyride. Also a bit scary with all of these demons that these four <laughs> friends have to deal with. This ensemble stars Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, which I'm obsessed with that name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our queen, Stephanie Shu and Sabrina Wu. There are four young, I want to say Chinese, but I guess there's a spoiler in there that one of them is not. So there are four young women of Asian descent. <laughs> And the main character, Audrey, played by Ashley Park, um, she is a daughter of white parents. She was adopted from China when she was a newborn baby. And she grows up in Seattle and meets her best friend, Lolo Chen, who is played by, again, my favorite name ever, Sherry Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and they just become lifelong friends. They go to school together. They are the only, you know, little girls that look like each other. So they kind of stick together, but they form a real bond. Eventually, Audrey goes off to college and meets Kat, who is played by, again, our mom, Stephanie Shu, who is just so good in this movie. And um, they decide to go to China for a business deal slash kind of girls trip moment. And along comes Deadeye, who is played by Sabrina Wu, who is um, Lolo's crazy, crazy cousin. To say the least. They embark on this journey, which, as you said, one part business deal, another part possibly... Audrey finding her birth mother, which is a goal that she and Lolo had always wanted to do, but uh, never really got the chance to now that they do. Boy, do they have a lot of rambunctious fun trying to do it. (laughs) Yes, like you said, they go on this little journey and it's, I guess it kind of mainly starts with um, a fun train ride. (laughs) 
with Meredith Hagner, who is my favorite ever from the show Search Party, which I recommend to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, I, I just was not expecting it to go the direction that it did in that scene. <laughs> yeah, she basically ends up being a drug smuggler who then in involves all four of them in this crazy drug scheme momentarily they're kicked off a train that they're on they don't have their passports they are truly fucked and stuck in china where they do not know where they are but alas they 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 land on their feet somehow yes um former nba star baron davis is um just happens to be playing in china and lolo contacts him and they get to go to back to the hotel with all these basketball players where just um a lot of sex related incidents occur all at once i'm a big fan of stephanie shu's character here because she is this mega star in china and she is engaged with this very very handsome man who they have never had sex with each other and they say that they're holding out until their wedding night he does not know that she is a dirty little girl (laughs) (laughs) she is a dirty 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 little girl who may or may not have a terrifying tattoo around her crotch area which may or may not be exposed in a ridiculous crazy scene but i'm just loving the summer of raunchy comedies because we had no hard feelings like a week or two ago and that was a major success this was even wilder if you ask me Yes, I was definitely getting like the raunchy comedy vibes for sure. I love that we literally just talked about that too. Um, in the, like you said, a couple episodes ago. And yeah, Stephanie Shu was just kind of my MVP of this movie. I, her character, everything about her was just so funny. And she just honestly hit the nail on the head. And like like you said, when there's a potential um, exposing of a tattoo in a certain area, the whole setup of that, when they are trying to be K-pop stars and they start doing WAP, <laughs> I literally was just sitting there and I was the only one in the theater and I was just cracking the fuck up. It's so stupid. It's very stupid. Oh my um, God. <laughs> but I guess the... Uh, incident where you see the certain tattoo causes a major meltdown and it is seen by millions and millions and millions of people (laughs) (laughs) and yeah everything kind of falls apart like you would expect it to I definitely loved all of the comedy bits the I guess the more sincere storyline was cute but we were also saying how totally unrealistic it was in so many different ways it yeah that just kind of was like a this wouldn't happen in real life and it was just continuously that and em and i are saying they're like okay well you're doing this meanwhile you should be getting to the nearest embassy and finding your passports that were trapped on the train after you got kicked off the train for several several drugs (laughs) even though ashley park's storyline kind of gets a little bit muddled i did really enjoy her in this movie she's been having a really good year i mean she was in beef might get emmy nominations uh since we're recording this before emmy noms officially come out so oh yeah maybe that'll happen Uh, i am still watching emily in paris because i just like watching parisian set things and ashley park is fabulous in that show too the only good part of the series so bless ashley park and she's going to be in the next season of only murders in the building Oh so. my god, yes, that's right. You told me that earlier today. I can't believe that. So we'll be seeing a lot more of her to come, and I'm so happy for it. Yes. Um, but yes, the, the the group kind of has a little fallout, but of course they all end up getting getting back together in what I hope ends up being a spin-off series of films to come because I'm obsessed with this quad group. Well, I want them to join the girls trip group and to like travel the world together because they would literally have the worst vacations possible together. Can we go too? Yes. <laughs> well, wait. Yeah, they're making a girls trip sequel. They might just listen. This is this is our multiverse of madness. <laughs> this is my Marvel Cinematic Universe, but just with female friendships. They could join the um the eighty for Brady gals. They could do a little oh, trip together. The, the book, the book club girls too. Yes, um, mm-hmm. maybe bridesmaids, so we can get a little bit of Rose Byrne action in there too. I mean, hey, just ask us. We got plenty of ideas, Hollywood. Yeah, just just knock on our door. We're waiting. <laughs> this, I think you already said, released alongside Insidious, and sadly, I think 
only made just under six million dollars in the box office and what? i think it finished like six <laughs> yeah it did it finished six. Oh, yeah not enough people are seeing this so don't do not sleep on this movie it's genuinely so funny and so heartfelt and you can tell that they had such a good time making it and those are my favorite kind of comedies when you can tell they're having fun i'm sure every single take that they had to do was like interrupted with somebody laughing because i do not know how you filmed this with a straight face no i <laughs> i want to be on set for this movie so bad no. actually i just want to follow stephanie's shoe around whatever she's got going on i'll just i'll just hop over that's fine that's fine with me too what did you rate this movie i actually haven't yet because i literally just saw it um i would probably give it a three and a half that's what I, my current ranking is too. I actually had to check my letterbox because I couldn't remember what I <laughs> gave it. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, I laughed so much. People in my theater were just cackling and howling over every racist joke that people made. So good for them. Happy that they had a good time. <laughs> Happy we can laugh at racism. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we are going to go dive into a few other films that have been coming out this summer slash the first half of 2023. Now diving into some movies that came out earlier this summer slash early in the year. Uh, I am so happy to finally be able to talk about past lives. This movie is currently at the number one spot for the movies that I've seen this year. I just, oh God, I just melted watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were going to see it and I was like, oh, can't wait to talk to you in two hours. And then you were sending me voice recordings of you sniffling, running out of the theater, just trying to not show anybody how you looked. <laughs> I was down real bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, this movie premiered at Sundance back in January, and then it's been on this festival circuit and had a June 2nd release date, but I'm assuming that was probably just like New York and Yeah, it was LA. the very early ones. So it's finally nationwide. If not now, it will be at this point. Actually, yeah, it should be at this point because mm-hmm. I saw it last a little over a week ago, I guess. Um, I don't know why it took so long, actually. Unless if, well, I guess maybe it has been here for a while, but I wouldn't have known because of certain things I'm going to complain about later, like I said. But <laughs> but yes, Past Lives is an A24 film, and that usually means very good things. It does. <laughs> it is a romantic drama directed and written by Celine Song, and it's her debut directorial film, which is amazing. It stars Greta Lee, T.O.U., and John Magaro. Majaro? I don't know. I'll have him tell me when he when he <laughs> he listens to the podcast. <laughs> and it's a love story between the two characters, Nora and Song, who were really good childhood friends. They were childhood sweethearts slash, you know, childhood lovers. They got to go on a cute little date together. Lovers <laughs> at eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? You didn't have a lover when you were eight years old? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I made my way around the playground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Nora's family is then immigrating to, I want to say, wasn't it Toronto and then New York? Yes. Okay. And then, so they're kind of, you know, physically separated by that. And 12 years-ish later, he randomly finds her on Facebook, back when Facebook wasn't uh, insufferable. Mm-hmm. And they start, uh, Face, I want to, oh no, was it, what was it? Skyping, that's it. Skyping, I'm like, I know. I was like Zoom, FaceTime, like... <laughs> iMessage uh yes Skyping and then they do that for a little bit but they realize that they're just into completely different parts of their lives and he couldn't go see her for over I want to say two years and she couldn't see him in about two-ish years too so she decides to kind of end things because she doesn't want to you know obviously kind of keep this going and end up getting hurt when nothing comes out of it. And then another 12 years happens and she is now married and Song had a girlfriend, but that kind of fizzled out and he decides he wants to go to New York to see her. And boy, is it a visit to end all visits. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. It's amazing how really nothing crazy happens in the movie. I mean, they're just talking and, you know, just kind of, seeing how they are but it is like the most romantic movie possible because they have such amazing chemistry Nora and her husband Arthur have 
what seems like a really loving and very trusting relationship. Everything looks like a healthy relationship in this film, which is so breathtaking. No, really. And he even like he acknowledges too. He's like, yeah, I should be the, you know, evil villain white guy that is mad that he's going to come take you away. So it's just like so modern and self-aware and kind of weird in that sense. I know. And so good. Um, ah, There were just so many different things that I loved about this movie. I loved, like I said, just the amazing chemistry that all three of these people have a longing that they show for each other in like the glances that they give each other or just some of the ways that they reminisce about the past is just so beautiful and so special and also just really heartbreaking because I mean the entire time you're wondering like is she about to give it all up is this going to be the end but you also realize no she's not that crazy to just leave everything behind in New York to go to Korea like that can't happen so it's just heartbreaking in every sense of the way because you're like is she like stopping herself from being with this person is she helping herself from not going here I just Oh, God, Celine's song. Damn you. Damn you. (laughs) Yeah, this movie has been getting a crazy amount of praise for the last several months. So I, you know, went in with high expectations because it's just kind of like, first of all, I'm not really into romance. (laughs) And I kind of figure with A24, a lot of their films are a lot slower paced. I mean, most of them are actually pretty much all of them are besides like Spring Breakers is coming to mind. Yeah, I was a little nervous this wouldn't really hit the nail on the head for me in the way I wanted it to. And even actually, there's one scene that you really like that with the husband that I didn't really care for. I thought it was too long. And I was just like, uh, and I was kind of like, uh, I I wanted to check my phone, but I didn't want to because I was, you know, there's certain movies where I'm like, yeah, I'll check my phone. And other movies where I'm like, no, I want to like actually pay attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And this was one of those. But then finally, when they are, when he does arrive in New York and they are walking around and talking. I'm like, okay, this is getting somewhere. But then when they go to uh, dinner and they go to that bar and you see that them talking, like you saw in the very first shot when other people are questioning who's dating who, what the situation is there. And then we kind of actually hear the conversation that's being had. And then they just start talking to them too and just Korean. And I was literally, I went from kind of being like, I'm a little tired to like, I could feel myself like snotting and just start like, I was shaking because I didn't want to loudly start crying. And I just could feel like, like the tears just dripping down my face. And I would just say, there's kind of like, like the entire like conversation. Cause that was when they were talking about like, oh, what what would we have been to each other in our past lives? And they were talking about the Inyon and stuff like that. And then when she goes to go to the bathroom or wherever she is, and it's just the husband and him talking, I'm just like, oh my God. And then the ending. <laughs> I know. I just that scene between the two of them where they're just basically standing in silence for like a minute and a half waiting for Hey Sung's cab to arrive. I know like the entire time he was like, what would have been like if we were together in our past life? Would we have been together? Would we have broken up? Would we have children, get married, this and that? And yeah, like you ask yourself questions about that in your everyday life too. Like what if I actually, if I decided to do this instead of this, if I was with this person rather than that person and it's, it's called going down a rabbit hole. (laughs) That is not very good. Um, But like the last thing that he says to her, I think it's something like, um, I guess I'll see you in the next life. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. And then she's sobbing. She's <laughs> crying in her husband's arms. And her husband is like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she like, I think she's like, she says sorry to him while she's sobbing. And I'm just like, this is, this is just too much for me to even talk about right now. <laughs> I know. And... <laughs> Honestly, less than two hours long. <laughs> get it. Just get it. <laughs> and and thumbs up to the less than two hours part. I I would love for Celine Song to get a crazy amount of awards buzz in a couple months from now. And yes. also Greta Lee. I like she just killed it. I was I know. Oh my god. Just the casual, like the nuances, and like we talked about, like not much really happens in this movie. This isn't some like it is an epic love story, but without the actual epicness surrounding mm-hmm. it you know there's no amazing events that pull them apart and bring them back together just casualness and right. it's, it's just super chill and she just does it so perfectly it's truly just grounded in reality like yeah this girl had to move and they lost contact and then they got contact again it's like the most 
mundane stuff, but it's shown so brilliantly here. I think it has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, should be 100, but yeah. <laughs> yes, it should. I mean, this was such an easy five out of five for me to give right after I watched it. Like tears sobbing down my face, me on Letterboxd. This was so good. Oh my gosh. When I was living the theater, I was, it was now mall security because my AMC was is in a mall. So it wasn't like, you know, just the staff. So I, like you said, I got up and ran out. And I think I was like either texting you or just in general, I was on my phone and like, I was like, should I go to the bathroom and like wipe wipe my face? Should I just like run all the way to my car? And so I wasn't looking and I literally ran into a security guard (laughs) and I was like, oh, sorry with my, like my bloodshot eyes and literal snot, like in my mustache. (laughs) Yeah. I recommended this to like so many people and I'm so happy it finally got a nationwide release, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, now that it's out, I definitely like need everybody to go see this movie. Because in theory, it it should be available everywhere. Yes. Watch it with your former lover and your current lover for a very immersive experience. Yay. (laughs) That's the 40 we want, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And another summer film that came out is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I grew up really liking Indiana Jones for a solid period of time, I guess. I don't know. But I remember I've been to them a couple times. But my family, uh, they have Indiana Jones content in the Disney theme parks because George Lucas owns them. And he obviously worked with Star Wars, which is, of course, in the Disney park. So it's like Disney adjacent to me, I guess. But I always liked them growing up. And this, I believe, is this the fifth movie in the franchise, like Insidious, and also the last movie in the franchise, like Insidious. So it's weird that they came out in the same summer. Um, but yeah, Harrison Ford is back. This is the first one not directed by Steven Spielberg and it shows, but (laughs) (laughs) it also stars uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is so good in this and quite literally everything she does. Please go watch Fleabag. Mm -hmm. Um, Antonio Banderas, Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, it's a pretty stacked cast of a lot of notable actors. I, like I said, I've always enjoyed the Indiana Jones movies, even if they're not, some of them aren't like amazing. I still overall like them. And this was actually, um, I really liked as well. And I hadn't seen it till very recently, but I had read that it was getting lukewarm reviews and was kind of like a box office flop. So I was like, yeah, it's on my list, but maybe I'll wait till Disney Plus. I don't know. And I, like I said, I was really enjoying it. And then like the last half an hour-ish happened. And I was like, this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. You're like, right, this is why the bad reviews were coming in. Yeah, and it is um it is bombing. It's doing I don't know if it's doing too poorly, but it's it it needs to make about another another two hundred and forty five ish million dollars to make up for uh the budget that it had. Holy shit. Yeah, so they need to um ramp up some stuff. Maybe just drop it on Disney Plus now and call the day. But Honestly. yeah, I mean th- there's just not really a demand for Indiana Jones movies anymore, you know. I mean, Harrison Ford is like 80 some thousand years old. So (laughs) Cindy, the aliens killed the dinosaurs. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, he is a trooper for doing this. You would not catch me dead doing any action movies if I was that old. Wouldn't catch me dead doing them right now, actually. No. And I feel like he had a lot of um, injuries on set, too, or at least a couple. Oh, Oh, Harry. I, I definitely remember some kind of incident, if not in incidents, uh, but that also could have been Star Wars. I mean, this man's just booked and busy with everything that he does in the last however many years. The decades at this point, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have not kept up with the series since I was a child. I do remember watching the first three movies and being terrorized by the one where they pull out people's hearts and... Um can't say that that has made me want to watch them again but (laughs) I have fond memories of that trauma oh I love Vincidious chapter five I have fond memories of trauma yay (laughs) (laughs) uh what about you do you have any recent uh hits that you want to touch on yes so uh on Netflix actually this animated film came out called Nimona which I hadn't heard of this film prior however I think it was supposed to premiere with Disney but uh, there is a gay love story at the center of it. And they were like, actually, we're not doing that. So I was like, interesting. Uh, But I found its home on Netflix. And I'm really glad that it did because it's a really charming film. It's about, uh, it's set in this futuristic medieval world where a knight played by Riz Ahmed is framed for murder. 
And the only person who is going to stand by his side and help him is this shapeshifter called Nimona, who is voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz. And uh, they just kind of have to like flip and jump and shapeshift their way around this town and try to evade all these people who are after them. And it was so well made. It really kind of reminded me a little bit about a Spider-Man not because it mm. uses all these different animation styles, but they like very quickly switch from like uh, an animal that she shapes into, into the next one, into this, into that. And it's it's really good at being funny, but also being serious at times when it needs to be serious. And I just was very pleasantly surprised by this one. I'm looking at it a little bit now and I'm like, wait, that sounds really good. I want to watch it. It is. And it's, I think, only an hour and a half too, which we love that. That's our brand. Actually, somebody asked me the other day and was like, why do you only like hour and a half movies? And I was like, no, don't get me wrong. Most of my favorite movies are over two hours, but you have to sell why it's over two hours in the first place. Yeah. And when you do, then it's amazing. So if not, then yeah, 100 minutes or less. (laughs) I mean, there is that sweet spot of 190 to 100 minutes. You can get through everything you need to get through without any problems literally past lives just did it and now Nimona has done it too and it's funny because Indiana Jones is like two and a half hours and did not do it (laughs) it did not but yes I highly recommend this one very nice easy watch uh if you have Netflix just pop it on and yeah it was just a very very fun time I will be doing that oh I like that Obviously, we're just about to embark on a very important movie season. It's finally time for Barbenheimer to come out. Barbenheimer, by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be a week away. Oh my god! Actually, by the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next time we record, ooh, ooh, it's coming. It's coming, you guys. The title's just going to be Barbenheimer. Yes. (laughs) They just had the world premiere in Los Angeles the other day, and it looked so perfectly pink. And I've been loving Margot Robbie's uh, Barbie-inspired outfits. I I don't know if Kate, her designer, is or her whatever they're called, if she's been the one doing these outfits or she started got a new stylist. But whoever it is, they need to get the biggest pay raise of all time. Yeah, no, really. Thank you for your service. <laughs> I have gotten my Barbie tickets. I have not gotten my Oppenheimer tickets yet, but I am planning on watching it in IMAX as Mr. Nolan wants me to. So I'll be seated. I actually literally say I have my Barbie tickets secured and I still have to get Oppenheimer in IMAX secured. So yes, we are on the same page. (laughs) We'll get to it. And actually another really funny movie that I loved called Theater Camp is coming out very soon. It is so funny. Yeah, that looks really good. The one with Ben Platt and Molly. I forget what her name is. But they just play these very over-serious theater camp counselors. And it is so ridiculous and so, so funny. So I think that actually might also be coming out the same weekend. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And when we're back, we can talk about our What's Poppin' highlights of the week. So Emma, what is your what's popping moment of the week? Well, as I just said, the Barbie premiere happened the other day and the first reviews have come in. Now, I don't know if I can entirely trust these reviews just because they were posted by people who obviously got invited to the world premiere for a reason, probably because they're huge fans of it. However, things like Barbie is a triumph, a pitch perfect script, uh, amazing performance from Ryan Gosling. This and that have me very excited. And I have seen some people who have said, you know, that the story maybe could have been a little bit better. Honestly, I don't care. I was just about to say, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I have my ticket. I will be seated. It's all good. I am debating asking my mom to send me my collection of Barbies so that I can buy a ticket for all of them and to put them in the seat next to me. You better get on that. Actually, I did check my uh, the Regal app just to see what the showing looks like for the uh, time that I selected. And there's a family in the back row who, or somebody, I don't know, a huge group. They've reserved every single seat in the back row. And I'm like, great. Yeah, I had to buy the, I forgot what it's called, but they're doing like a, 
oh, an early beach bash or something like that for an early screening. And so I had to buy that too, because that was filling up. And I was like, we got to, we got to get a move on. Go, go, go. Oh my God. Is it on the Wednesday right before? Yeah. Uh, I keep, they didn't do that with me here at the Cinemark or at the Regal. So I have to wait until Thursday, like a peasant. Oh, I'm going to see Barbie before you, bitch. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like the early beach bash. They, they blow out bash. She talked about the yes, movie. You know? Blowout yeah. party. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. But um, luckily, though, I could do that Wednesday because Oppenheimer is, what, three hours? So yes. <laughs> that'll be reserved for Thursday because mm-hmm. I need, <laughs> I can't do those back to back. So I'm very happy this worked out for me. Oh, I'm so jealous you get to see it first. Fuck you. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> And what is your weekly pop moment of the week? I guess that's what I'm saying, Barbie, before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it is um actually just, I, I need time to complain because my highlight of the week is that I got to see several movies uh, for a very cheap price. Low light is that it was through Movie Pass, which we I, we, I don't know if we talked about on this podcast. We or... haven't. I mean, we were loyal subscribers to Movie Pass 1.0, the first iteration of it, when it was $10 a month. You could get into however many movies you want, anytime you want. You could watch the same movie 30 days in a row if you really wanted to. And several times in a row, too. Yes. You just had to be within proximity of the theater, check in, and get your ticket, and you're good to go. So, yes, we abused that in college. (laughs) And the entire world abused it. So it shuddered entirely because it Mm -hmm. could not keep up. And they started teasing over a year ago that Movie Pass was coming back. The CEO or whoever was like, yep, don't like, we'll be coming back soon. And we're like, oh, cool. So we both signed up for like the pre thing. I don't. Did you actually use it? I didn't. I I'm afraid to sign up because of your experience. Well, they're doing a promo right now, so I guess maybe do it for the promo. But you can right. get double the tokens, which means essentially double the movies in theory, right? But I think if ten dollars a month gives you thirty tokens, and you're like, okay, sure, that's fine. And then so okay, you get like sixty. It's thirty four, so you get sixty eight with the two months then. Mm-hmm. So. I'm like, cool, that's like, you know, that's a good amount of movies. No, it's not. Mm. Movie pass, based on the time that you go to a movie, uh, a tokens can be up to 30 tokens. So if you wanted to see a movie on a Friday night, that's 30 tokens, you're down to 38 credits. If you wanted to see a movie, literally, actually, I think after 5 p.m. on any day of the week, it's like 20 to 30 credits. So you can actually, at the very least, see two movies a month. Unless if, luckily, I have a little more of a flexible schedule so I could see movies earlier in the day, and that's like 10 to 12 credits. So that works out. However, I went to go see Past Lives, and then the next day, I, wa- I went to go see that at night, and the next day I wanted to go see Joyride, and totally different movies. I think Joyride was at like 1.30 in the afternoon. And I, you can't, you have to check in right near the theater like we talked about. So I drove all the way to this freaking movie theater checked in for them to be like oh you already saw a movie today sorry and i'm like you didn't i'm sure i could have read the fine print whatever terms and conditions my ass but like i saw a movie at 8 p.m the night before and now it's 1 30 p.m it's not even the same theater and you're like oh you already saw a movie today no i didn't it's a brand new day that's crazy i didn't realize that that's what happened i just thought that you couldn't check in like it said that the movie was missing or something like that well that's the better part uh, better i don't know about better that's another terrible part about movie pass is that if a movie is showing like past lives for example it's not showing up on movie pass so i that's why i kind of talked about this a little bit ago where i'm like i actually don't know when past lives came came out of theaters in milwaukee <laughs> because i went on fandango and saw that it was showing at amc and i was like oh my god cool past lives is finally here and then I go on Movie Pass, and the showing is not there. So if there's a movie that you that is not showing up, you have to pay thirty tokens just to see whatever movie is apparently not showing up. And they're obviously doing it to compete with AMC because you know they have their own subscription thing. But it's just like if a movie is showing at this theater, why not? And then Joyride, there was going to be a, a, like a I think another like eleven or noon ish show that I wanted to go to, but that wasn't even showing up in the time slot. So what's traditionally 10 tokens would then cost you 30 tokens to see this movie at 11 a.m. It is complete bullshit and the biggest scam I think I've ever seen happen. It is cool that it's kind of like a debit card system, sure. But you, again, just kind of like, I guess like the old one, you can't reserve your seats in advance, which kind of sucks for more popular movies. But with the old one, at least you go see whatever you wanted whenever you wanted to. Could you potentially buy, so like, for example, it, it's not showing up, Past Lives isn't showing up. Could you potentially just like check in for a different movie and then use the like 
tokens for that or no? Yes. Okay. Because you could just then, but yeah, you would just then go see the movie. The only issue is if you're doing it, you don't know if somebody's in that state or not. But you know, that's not going to usually be an issue. Right. So you could you could do it that way for sure. That would be better. But no, but I mean, like you <laughs> check in on your phone for like Indiana Jones, but then you tell them at the counter like I want to see Past Lives. Would it? Oh, work? I don't know. If, I don't know if they would let you. Oh. Yeah. Because I do recall kind of scamming them in college. Uh, sometimes I could get two tickets because the Marcus Theater that was like five dollar tickets and then if I went with somebody else I would be like yeah sure it would be maybe twelve dollars for the total but I could pay ten dollars with the movie pass card I found many loopholes and it was amazing <laughs> that is amazing no they definitely have dotted their eyes and all that stuff like it's so insufferable and I canceled it immediately and I just needed to complain about how terrible movie pass is and do not get it if you are in the Milwaukee area which a lot of you are <laughs> we see the analytics do not get MoviePass. Do AMC or wait till the Marcus thing finally rolls out. I don't know why it hasn't considering Marcus is based in Milwaukee, but just don't get MoviePass, please. Wherever you are in the country, actually, wherever you are in the world, and don't get MoviePass. And they charge Southern California people even more money for it, which I oh, thought yeah. was such bullshit. Yeah, they definitely do it in tiers. I think AMC does it in tiers too, actually, but it's not mm-hmm. anything drastic. And still, you can still see three movies a week. Mm-hmm. At MoviePass, you can see two movies a month. <laughs> such so stupid yeah I think mine was for like the second tier it would be like $30 a month and I'm just like why would I pay for this when I already have Regal which is truly at the moment she is the moment because I'm not limited to three movies a week I could truly watch however many I want I can just I know that I can reserve three tickets and then if I wanted to buy a fourth one then I would have to pay regular price but I just wait for one of my tickets to pass and then I get to buy another free one. So right. love her. Yeah, actually I do this. I used to do the same thing with AMC where it's like, all right, this one's up. Like now I can add a third one to the roster and I'm just kind of keep pushing them out as you see the movies. Yeah, yeah. So it works. And you get good loyalty points too. Yes, you do. I'm always getting a little free thing of popcorn or a free soda. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Movie Pass doesn't even do that. So Fuck you guys. And if you're listening, if you want to send me 300 credits, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this has been canceled and I will never be using you again. You can kindly fuck off. You had a really good system before and you just decided to ruin it. I mean, at least meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially for those showings, like like I said, that don't pop up when they are actually showing at the theater. That makes no sense. If you're going to have the theater be included, but only at certain show times, it's like, yeah. How does that even work? And that's not even like, what's the problem with going to see a movie at noon if it's scheduled to play at noon? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for letting me vent. I appreciate it. I feel so much better. <laughs> Single-handedly ended movie pass. <laughs> <laughs> it shudders the day after this episode comes out. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> On that note, we will also be shuddering this podcast for today. <laughs> but we will be back next week to talk about whatever else we have to talk about. Probably Emmys and some people who got nominated. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Emma Sasek. And I'm Kevin Schwaller. And we will see you here next week.